0: welcome to this edition of the john and leah show my name is john Ziegler. my co-host is leah brandon and each week we get together we talk about the news of the week the events of our often bizarre lives and we do so in an entertaining informative and unique fashion in this program heard on 22 different radio stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours and good evening to you leah brandon how are you tonight
1: I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: Well, um, not so great. And I know you're not all all that uh, fantastic either. You always say that regardless. But this show tonight comes with a particular warning. Uh, Warning for the listenership, Uh, Leah, for one, uh, (laughs) is recovering from uh, surgery and is a bit tipsy from post-surgery medication. I am. So that could actually be good for the show. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to Leah's contributions (laughs) tonight because they could be all over the map. Meanwhile, I am uh, completely fried by the um, singularly the worst customer service experience of my entire life. And I've had a lot of bad ones. Uh, but this was Masters weekend, and my cable system changed this week to the worst company in the history of man. And for three days, they tortured me. Uh, I was not able to watch the Masters on Saturday or Sunday from the comfort oh, of my home. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, I
0: know. This, it doesn't get any worse than this. It got so bad, not an exaggeration, the police were called and um we i will be they
1: were (laughs) of
0: course they were why would you say that of course they were
1: you'd be the guy that would also call the police if they got your order wrong in the mcdonald's line no 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 no
0: (laughs) i wasn't the one that called the police oh someone your wife did no 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 the police (laughs) the police were called on me (gasps) yes yes (laughs) (laughs) police were called on me you threatened Um, No, there was no charges were filed. Although, I don't want to spoil the full story, but I did beg to be charged. I I begged the sheriff's department to please charge me because i wanted there to be publicity for how bad frontier communications is as a cable company i wanted to be charged but they, they couldn't charge me with anything so they let me go
1: oh um, no well, there was no handcuffs no pictures no, no laughing as they uh, led you away to the I patrol did, car i did
0: not even get handcuffed in this particular oh, situation but I'm but it's still devastated. a good story it's it <laughs> started to disappoint <laughs> you it's still a good story which we'll get to probably in hour number 3 of the program uh, as far as the Masters is concerned, um, this was as strange a Masters as I can ever remember. As you know, Leah, I don't have that many reasons for living. Not, not uh, at all. Um, well, you've got one. Well, my daughter, Grace, Yep. Um, and uh, I, well, there's basically three that I can think of at the top of my head. My daughter, Grace, I want to live uh, long enough to be able to tell the Trumpsters— how wrong they were. And I told <laughs> That's you right. so. That's
1: right. And
0: mm-hmm. I want to see how Jordan Spieth turns out. Now I'm so... Oh,
1: okay. So Jordan Speeth has been... Uh, re, you know, you've replaced Tiger Woods with Jordan. That's good. That's another reason to live.
0: Well, and, and two of the reasons to live are connected because <laughs> I have incredibly small influence over my daughter. I mean, I, I, am, I am nobody in my daughter's vision. I, I'm a servant in her mind, okay? <laughs> but the, for whatever reason... I have been able to completely convince her that it is her destiny to marry her true love when she gets older and is of marrying age, who is Jordan Spieth. And she yes. talks she talks about this all the time. Even the, though he's going to be bald. And, well, my wife is against the idea because he'll be old too old and bald. Yep. Um, but this is not an exaggeration. My daughter Grace has been on the program before. You can check. Uh, her video out uh, for her interview, her broadcast debut at our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, she even talks about Jordan Spieth being her true love. Uh, this is a serious deal. And so I was convinced all week that Spieth would not win. He did not look right to me. I, I took a lot of abuse on Twitter. Everyone's saying, oh, your prediction was so wrong. You said Spieth <laughs> wasn't going to win. And I, I just, he just didn't look right to me. And then the literally the moment I decided, okay, he's one, he's five up with nine to go. He ain't blowing this. He completely melts down. I mean, um, and in a way that was actually worse than anything Greg Norman ever did in his worst meltdown, uh, taking a seven, quadruple bogey, seven on the 12th hole. uh, It was uh, horrific. However, I will say that Spieth handled himself like a true gentleman. Uh, you want to compare what Spieth, how Spieth handled that travesty, and Tiger Woods. Well, Tiger Woods. well, yeah, he you
1: was know. always a joke there. Yeah, but, but there.
0: you got to admit, you have to give this to Tiger. In a, in a weird way, this this made me appreciate and miss Tiger because this never happened to Tiger tiger never had a collapse like this ever nothing anything close to it Uh, no but
1: he had a meltdown over stuff that he shouldn't have
0: oh yeah well that's a totally different deal but on the golf course (laughs) in a major championship he never had a situation like this however unlike what we saw with cam newton when he was you know a spoiled brat after losing the super bowl and and ditched out on his press conference uh jordan spieth was not only amazing in coming back i mean he you know, I've been in situations. I'm a tournament golfer. it used to be pretty good. Now I suck. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've been in situations where I have gagged uh, in big situations. And when that happens, you literally you le- can't come back. No, 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 you you can't. You can't spell your name. You yeah. can't count to ten.
1: Right. And
0: and Spieth somehow was able to pull it together and came darn near close. Uh, to having a shot at the end. So I really – my admiration for him probably increased because of all of this. Um, and he certainly showed Cam Newton uh, how you're supposed to handle adversity. So so as far as I'm concerned, Speed can still be my daughter's true love. Uh, but I didn't have the guts to break it to her that, you know <laughs>
1: – You that, didn't that, tell well, her. No,
0: she had been keeping track of the tournament all weekend. You know, i kept saying, your, your true love's winning. Your true love's winning. I never – she didn't ask tonight, and I didn't mention it to her. So. Good. Um, but it's been a you know, weird week. You know, Villanova, uh, You know, I, I, I told a story, great story about me and uh, the head coach of Villanova University uh, who won the NCAA basketball championship this week uh, back when uh, I was in high school and he was a high school coach. Our interaction, that was pretty hilarious. People can check that out on our podcast in hour number three, the end of hour number three from our uh, March 27th show. I was so thrilled that Villanova won in the most amazing style – Ever. Most incredible finish ever. And because the TV ratings weren't very good, it got no buzz at I all. Know. I mean, that's I the way we live now. Because everything's so fragmented and everything's short attention span theater and we got to move on. The most amazing finish ever. Incredible story. The guy who hits the winning shot has a... Has a A step-adopted brother on the other team. Uh, I mean, it couldn't be a better story. Two remarkable shots at the end of the game, and it's like, all right, move along. We we woke up the next morning, and the ratings weren't good, so uh, we're going to forget this ever happened. Uh, But that's the world we now live in in uh, 2016 America. It doesn't matter uh, the reality or how good the story is. If the ratings aren't there... See you. Goodbye. You're you're. It's over with. All right, we've got a ton to get to on this uh, particular edition of the uh, John and Leah show. Uh, there are two stories. Uh, I hope we are going to have time for that are really strange. This Dennis Hastert story. And then the killing of a former NFL football player, Will Smith. I know a lot of people, including you, were worried that Will Smith had died, the actor. That's right. Uh, But this was a former football player and a very strange story. I want to see if we can unravel that mystery. Plus, obviously, our weekly update on the presidential races. But when we come back, I want to find out. We haven't talked that much about the Democratic race. And there's some crazy things going on on the Democratic side. And so, so in order to sort this out for us, we're going to talk to the only honest Democrat I know. Uh, the uh, Democrat, That exists. Right. The, the Democratic congressman from Louisville, Kentucky, my good friend John Yarmouth, will join us. So when we come back, you're listening to the John and Leah Show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor folks and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner, Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love my pillow and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously a good night's sleep is a life changer, and now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one my pillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co host is Leah Brandon, and we don't often do guests, mainly because not too many guests will come on the program, and there aren't that many people we're that interested in talking to. But
1: exactly, we're, we're gonna
0: make it. We're gonna make an exception tonight because we haven't spoken to our good friend, the Democratic Congressman from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, my good friend, with whom I used to uh, host a TV show many, many years ago back in Louisville, Kentucky, and we've stayed in touch ever since, mainly because. Well, we stayed in touch because we're friends, but mainly we want to talk to him is because we haven't had a chance to discuss in depth this now seemingly rather strange Democratic race uh, for the uh, presidential nomination between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And so that and a couple other reasons, I asked John to come on, and he's graciously agreed to stay up past his bedtime. So, uh, Congressman <laughs> Congressman John Yarmuth, welcome back to the John and Leah show.
2: Hey, thanks, John. Yeah, it's way past my bedtime.
1: no. <laughs> well, Thank maybe you.
2: A half hour past my bedtime. Hi, Leah, <laughs> how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, doing good. All
0: right. Good. So, John, um, it's interesting that we came back with the Rocky music because um, I'm reminded in the scene of, in Rocky where um, Apollo Creed's trainer in the middle of the fight. Uh, says to him, uh, you better wake up. He doesn't realize this isn't a damn show. He thinks this is a damn fight. And I'm, I, I'm reminded of that because it seems to me like Bernie Sanders has the same attitude towards Hillary Clinton. Uh, is that a fair assessment? And what's your make? what, what do you make of what's going on here?
2: Well, I, th- I think it's a fair assessment, but I think reality is that Hillary Clinton is going to be the Democratic nominee, that uh, what we've seen, uh, for instance, this weekend in Wyoming, you had headline, Bernie Sanders wins, sweeps Wyoming primary. There were 290 votes total cast in the Wyoming caucuses, 290 total. Wow. I mean, it's totally inconsequential. Uh, we'll see what happens in New York. We'll see what happens in, in California, where you actually have uh, significant numbers of people voting. Uh Bernie has been able to uh, generate a lot of enthusiasm from mostly, I think, young independent voters. It's great, they're idealistic. Uh, but he's not going to be the nominee and I mean I think reality, reality will set in pretty quickly. Well, well Congressman Yarmouth though, l- yeah. l-
0: I mean I-, I agree with you that Hillary's going to be the nominee. Yeah. But, but why has this gotten so nasty? so fast i mean what's going on here it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense does bernie not realize he can't win
2: well that's a really good question and i think you know all i can say is when you're standing up in in front of crowds of thousands of people and they're cheering you on that all of a sudden the race takes on a different complexion for you and now you think you can win and now you think you have to do the things that normal candidates do and you know i think unfortunately bernie kind of gained momentum by not being the conventional politician and not worrying about talking about his opponents but talking about issues and now he's going after her and i think that's kind of I, I, to me that undermines his his uh, his appeal
0: so you think this is about ego that, that, he, that this has gotten to bernie's head a bit and now yeah, he, he I,
2: yes i do interesting Yeah, I gets exactly right
0: interesting now i have to ask you because a couple of years ago i tried when i came to louisville to um attend the pga championship where you were graciously my host and <laughs> uh, and you still won the election that year despite that um <laughs> the, the I, I tried to convince you um that maybe you should run uh, for the Democratic nomination because <laughs> yes, because there was did. a there because there I believe that there was a spot there for somebody who was a socialist like you are, uh, yes, but, you but, are. but but doesn't look like a socialist, no, uh, t- to run to the left of Hillary and could make some noise. And um, for about 15 seconds, I saw a twinkle in your eye. That you know, I thought maybe I was getting to you, but in retrospect, it might have just been the bourbon, um, or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, do you, have you yeah. ever have you ever regretted not taking my advice to go down that path?
2: I can't say I've I've regretted it, but I actually have thought that you were absolutely right that I would have had a considerable amount of traction in this race. You would have, John. No, <laughs> I you... think I would have. I could have been a contender. You, I think I could yes. have been a contender. No, you absolutely
0: could have. And yeah. of course, by this time, John, I would think that it's it's at a certain point in our relationship, you're going to finally realize, you know, when Ziegler says something with that much <laughs> assertitude, I might want to listen to it because it's probably right.
2: No, you know, I listen to everything you say and, and consider it carefully. Right, right. You you consider <laughs> it. You
0: listen. You consider it carefully, <laughs>
2: and then you discard it
0: immediately. That, that's it's just like my wife. Uh, all right, all right, all right. And me. Yeah, and Leah Brandon uh, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Congressman <laughs> Yarmouth hang in there. We're speaking with Congressman John Yarmouth, the most honest Democrat I know, maybe the only honest Democrat I know. Uh, we'll talk with him more about all of this when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and our guest during this portion of the hour is Democratic Congressman John yarmouth my good friend from my days back in Louisville, Kentucky, when I was on WHAS AM, and then uh, John and I did a TV show on the NBC affiliate there, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, John, you are a um, a Hillary super delegate. Uh, interestingly, you were an Obama super delegate back in two thousand and eight, but you've declared yourself for Hillary uh, this time around. Now, um, I, I'm very curious about this because, you know, politically, I, I think you probably align more closely with Bernie Sanders than than with Hillary. Is that a fair assessment, or do, would you disagree with that?
2: Well, I would say that there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that Bernie Sanders um, a lot of positions he takes that I I support, but I really think that Bernie Sanders is, by nature, he's a crusader. I don't think you can be a crusader and be president, because you have to balance a lot of different interests. So this is really my judgment that Hillary would be a much better president than uh, than, uh, than Bernie Sanders. And I I don't think Bernie can win, uh, which is another factor, but but mostly it's, again, I just, I just don't think he has nearly the qualifications that Hillary does to be president.
0: Okay, so well, that's a fair answer to the question. But obviously, I'm, I'm sure you're getting pressure from from the Bernie fanatics uh, who say, look, he's won the last seven Democratic contests. Some of them are inconsequential, as you've already explained. <laughs> but, right. but but he has won seven in a row. And interestingly, he beats all the Republican nominees far more handily than Hillary does in head-to-head polling. Uh, so where do you get this notion that he can't win?
2: Well, I think the the general electorate has not focused really on, on Bernie. And I know that in a general election, uh, when you're talking about having a, a billion dollars in advertising spent, uh, Portraying him, when uh, identifying him as the socialist that he admits to being. Uh, And a kook. He's just a kook. I just just think that, you know, ultimately, the the polls right now are reflective of uh, uh, basically a lack of full information about Bernie. Uh, I I don't know Bernie that well. I've been around him a couple times. But, uh, you know, ultimately... He and Larry David are going to be inseparable. <laughs> inseparable.
1: It's and, like uh, Sarah Palin and TFA.
2: Right, right. He becomes he becomes a caricature, and yeah. and and ultimately, I, you know, John, 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 you know, John, you know, I am, I am, I am a, I am a self-confessed liberal. I believe in a lot of what Bernie. Yes. Thinks, but. The idea that we're going to provide free education, college education to everybody is an absurd notion. It, it yep. can't work. And, and those are the types of things that in the general election will undermine his, uh, his credibility as a potential president. And I just think, you know, whatever you say about Hillary, and there are a lot of things I, I differ with Hillary on, but she is a very pragmatic politician and a very pragmatic um, potential president. And I think that's what we need. All right, so well, I, well I, don't, I, I just think that the choice is pretty clear from my perspective.
0: Well, John, if nothing else, the Bernie Sanders candidacy has done something that I've never been able to do in the history of our relationship, which is to get you to acknowledge that there are limits to some things that the government can and cannot do. So of that, course. so, so right, so right there, the fact that you, the, <laughs> the fact that you've drawn the line on free college education for everybody. Thank goodness for Bernie Sanders. We uh, yeah. finally accomplished the, the socialist <laughs> the line beyond which John, even Congressman John Yarmuth, will not go that's, um, what ten, that's
2: what 10 years in congress will do for you you realize the limits of Look, what you're years. dealing with good gosh
0: it has been 10 years hard to believe all right now so so just for the record john i i'm curious how much pressure have you gotten from the bernie sanders nuts uh trying to pressure you to switch your superdelegate vote from hillary to bernie and are there any circumstances at all that you can conceive of where, Risen? where well, well for instance an indictment which isn't going to happen but can, what are there any circumstances in the in the realistic world, in the rational world, where you would switch your superdelegate vote from Hillary to Bernie?
2: Well, answer to the first question, you know, I have not gotten any pressure at all from the Bernie Sanders campaign. I haven't had the first contact. I have had some um, low-level pressure from some... Hillary, uh, some Bernie supporters in my district. I mean, and these are mostly young people mm-hmm. who you know, whose idealism I admire and do not want to in any way damper. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> um,
0: yada, yada, yeah. yada. Okay, we got yeah. it.
2: So that, that's really all the pressure I've had. The, in terms of the circumstances, uh, you know, I think if, if by some fluke, Bernie were to in the in the Kentucky primary, which is uh, May 17th, were to uh, outpoll Hillary by a significant margin, and there were significant votes cast, I might reconsider. Hmm. But again, it's kind of, As I said to one Bernie Sanders supporter, if on a particular issue that I deal with, I get a hundred letters um, on a on a, about a certain position versus 50 letters on the other side out of the 725,000 people I represent, am I supposed to just reflexively side with the 100 versus the 50 letters? Right. And that's what I think you're going to get in a primary. Right. Uh, I don't think it's going to make much difference. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, All right, that's, so, that's so you're of convinced- the only circumstances I can think of considering. Fair change. enough. So
0: so Congressman John Yarmuth, the Democrat from Louisville, you, you are convinced not only will you stay with Hillary as your superdelegate vote, but that she is a lock to be the Democratic nominee? And in that yes. context, I want to ask you about what's going on with Bill Clinton. Um, who supported your first campaign for Congress and was very helpful mm-hmm. uh, in that run? But uh, in the last couple of weeks, he's made a couple of um, very odd statements, seemingly bashing. Barack Obama's administration, and then he took on Black Lives Matter, in, in the, the protesters in a very large way. I, you probably don't know this, John, but interestingly, thanks to those events, he's now outpolling John Kasich in many GOP primary polls, uh, Bill Clinton is. Um, uh, what is going on with Bill Clinton?
2: That's a good question, and I, I'm not going to get into that at all. I know he apologized uh, for his statements about Black Lives Matter and then he should have uh, he shouldn't have engaged with the, the protesters there. Um, so I'm going to stay with his apology. Uh, you know, it, it's a very very tough situation where you have a p- former president spouse of a candidate uh, out there trying to campaign for her, and um, you know, being the being the consummate politician that he has been
1: used to be. You, you,
2: be, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to, uh, you know, he's probably going to make some mistakes. I think he made a mistake there.
0: I have to tell you, I think Leah uh, was implying it. Um, I, I think he's going a little senile. I really do. Yep, I, I, he has. I, I mean, the first time he ripped Obama. It was clear to me that he thought he was talking about Bush. Do you know what I'm referring to, John, where he talked about the horrendous legacy of the last eight years?
2: Yes, yes, I did. did, yeah, did I how
0: did how did you – did you interpret it the way I did, that he mistakenly thought he was talking about Bush being president for the last eight years? Well,
2: I thought that was a possible interpretation of that, and I, but – yeah, I mean it was confusing to say the least. All right, I'll let you off the hook yeah. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <it was confusing.
0: laughs> I can tell you really don't want to answer that one. So, but let's no. <laughs> let's let's talk about something I know you're going to want to talk about. So the 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 chaos on the GOP side um, and I want you to be straight and honest, because I know you will be, and that's why we, we love you and why we have you on here, because no other Democrat will, will really tell it like it is, I think, on this. But um, within the back halls of Congress, just how much are you guys salivating over <laughs> the concept of Donald Trump potentially being the GOP nominee?
2: Oh, I think, we you know, there's... Um yeah, salivating is probably the best word. I mean, you know, I think every every bit of information that we have, every bit of polling we have indicates that not only uh, would we clearly retake the Senate, uh, but the House House of Representatives is in play. Yeah. And, you know, when you've got a guy whose uh, negative approval ratings are somewhere in the high 60s, you yeah. know he's going to have down down-ballot. Implications. So we would not only win the presidency, but we have a very good chance of taking back the House of Representatives, and would would definitely take the Senate. So yeah, we're thrilled about the potential of a Trump uh, candidacy. We're also actually not too un, not too sad about the possibility of a of a Ted Cruz candidacy. Well, yeah, let talk- Most of the polling actually indicates that he might he might in fact be a a worse candidate for the Republicans than Trump. In Kentucky, I think that's definitely true. Trump would play better in Kentucky than Ted Cruz.
0: Well, let me ask you about... Cruz, because I've mm-hmm. been someone who has been very critical of the notion that Trump could win, saying for a very long time that's an absurdity, and I think that Ted Cruz has about the same chance that Trump does because of an issue, and I want you to verify this for me, correct mm-hmm. if I'm right, because I think I am, but if I'm wrong, I know you'll tell me. It's amazing mm-hmm. to me that in the entire GOP primary process, not one word— has been uttered about Ted Cruz single-handedly, effectively shutting down the government while reading Dr. Seuss on the floor of the U.S. Senate. <laughs> now, tell me, John, John, with it, you know what what your side is ready to do. If Ted Cruz is the nominee, how many thirty-second commercials with Ted Cruz reading Dr. Seuss on the floor of the Senate, shutting down the government, are we going to see between now and November?
2: Yeah, how much does a billion dollars buy? <laughs> right.
0: So I'm right about that.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's no question about it. And and this is a guy, who everybody understands is is universally disliked among his colleagues, who has been uh, who has been out of step with even the majority in the United States Senate, who has uh, been very free freely spoken about shutting down the government. And uh, no, I think he'd be a disaster. And you know, I, I think his appeal and Trump's appeal are mostly very different. And I, I think the people that Donald Trump has brought into the, the equation, into the political process, uh, would be repelled uh, for the most part by by Ted Cruz. Right. So yeah. I think it would be a disaster for them.
0: Yeah, so basically— um What's your level of certitude that Hillary's the next president and um, let's we'll start with that What's your level of certitude Hillary's the next president?
2: I figure she's an 80 percent. That's it. I 80%. think it's I think it's 90. It may
0: be <laughs> and, and what are the chances that um, y- that you guys take the house and uh, and therefore you might have a leadership position at some point soon?
2: Well I, I, I think we're probably right now still about 50 50 if, if one of those if either Cruz or Trump is the nominee, I think we're 50-50 to retake the House. It's, it's still a daunting task because of uh, the redistrict and so forth, but, uh, th- you know, there are probably 60 seats that are held by Republicans, um, 60 House seats held by Republicans in districts that Obama carried. Mm. So we've got a pretty broad playing field, and, and I think um, we have to flip 30 of those. Remember, in 2010... Republicans flipped 63 seats, so 30 seats is not an impossible yeah. situation in a ra- wave election. Yeah, but and I y- think if you're looking at Trump or Cruz, I think we potentially have a wave election.
0: Well, you won't have a wave election if it's Cruz because the turnout will be very low. I, I, uh, I, That's I,
2: a good point. That's a good point.
0: I think if Cruz is the nominee, you guys don't take the House just because mm-hmm. there won't be enough people. I mean, you're, you're not going to get the numbers that you need. Trump brings you numbers. In, in, a, in a negative turnout variety.
2: Uh, I think that's a very astute analysis. Well, John. As you, owe, as you usually
0: do. <laughs> that's get. because
1: that's what he does. Right,
0: that's what he does. All right, John, always great to talk to you. I'm sure hey, we'll-
1: Excuse t- me. Oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, we forgot.
0: We Good. forgot. We f- Are you kidding? Right. I've been waiting. Okay. Well, You know what? <laughs> can John, can you hang on for one more segment? Sure. Yeah, okay. We're going to well, Leah Brandon has a question about the Kentucky Derby and yes, I do. and your liberal nutty friends in Ivy League schools <laughs> trying to call, okay. call it racist. We got to get to that when we come <laughs> back on the John and Leah show on the free speech broadcasting network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And our guest for most of this hour has been Democratic Congressman from Louisville, Kentucky, John Yarmuth. And uh, Congressman Yarmuth has been nice enough to stay up way past his bedtime so that uh, we (laughs) can ask him one more question about uh, nothing related necessarily to politics, but clearly something very much related to three things that relate to Congressman Yarmuth, Louisville, Kentucky, um liberal uh sensibilities and ivy league schools um where john actually uh, is a graduate of yale uh so leah what's 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 going on here with the kentucky derby that you want to ask about
1: okay so here's the deal congressman Mm -hmm. there will not be a kentucky derby party at dartmouth college this year because black lives matter protesters are targeting it, saying that the exclusive Kentucky Derby Party that's hosted by a sorority is recreating an antebellum South atmosphere. And in fact, it is a bastion of racism, exclusion, and oppression. The chant is, what is Derby? It's the face of genocide. (laughs) It's the face of police brutality. So, Congressman... Is the Kentucky Derby Mm. racist, genocide, and is it the face of police brutality?
2: Uh, Well, I need to go to New Hampshire and and Hanover and set those people straight. I mean, that's totally nuts. Uh, You know, the the Kentucky Derby was, I I think, ran for the first time in 1875, so way after the Civil War. Ten years
1: Uh, after, as a matter of fact.
2: Yeah. I think about half of the first 30 winners of the Kentucky Derby were ridden by black jockeys Mm -hmm. and Isaac Murphy and Jimmy Winkfield, who were two of the most prominent black jockeys of that era are celebrated as heroes in, in Kentucky and are the subject of exhibits at museums and uh, they are celebrated widely. So, where anybody would come up as saying that the Kentucky Derby has any racial um, implications is bizarre to me. Uh, that's, but, but John- that's such a misplaced, uh, you know. I I I understand and and uh, and empathize with Black Lives Matter when they're talking about issues regarding police. Uh, misconduct and so but forth. But this is just way over the
0: line. I, and we all agree on that, John. But isn't this yeah. a situation where you liberals, you reap what you sow? I mean, when you tell... Um, black lives matter that it's okay that they go around saying hands up don't shoot when hands up don't shoot never happened right. and and then when you have campus after campus these precious snowflakes complaining about things that don't aren't real and don't exist isn't this the ultimate end of this john i mean is, aren't you guys to blame for this i
2: don't think we're to blame for it i think you know we live we live in an era where Every issue gets magnified and uh, exaggerated and overplayed in the media. Um, there, there, You know, anybody who looks at this, Tamir Rice or many, several of these situations has to question uh, and, I think, sympathize with the goals of Black Lives Matter. I mean, there's no question that, you know, forget hands up, don't shoot. There's no question there have been incidents in which police have... Uh, it, it totally exceeded the authority with oh. tragic events, John. tragic consequences. John. But, yes.
0: John, forget, what? <laughs> forget. Hands up, don't shoot. That's like saying, um, Mrs. Lincoln. Other than that, how was the play? I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, the, the reality here is, John, that that you you and your liberal friends have created an atmosphere where these nut jobs on cam, especially on campuses, any allegation of racism at all, even as fictitious and absurd as this one involving the Kentucky Derby, has to be taken seriously, especially if the target is a white group, because otherwise. Right. They are inherently racist.
1: Don't I mean, you look, see? The, you created- the party has been canceled because of this, and there's no reason for it. I'm sick of it. However, in the vein of research, yeah. I do believe, Congressman, you must bring Ziegler and I to the race next year so that we can huh. report on this. And most of the racism, I would guess, happens in the VIP areas, so you must let us ride your coattails to those events.
2: Hey, I've got two seats on my table. You're both welcome. Uh, Yay! So, wait a minute.
0: So, so wait a minute. We spend the first four minutes of the segment attacking John, and now now you're asking him for tickets to the Kentucky Derby? How does that work? It's research.
1: It's research. Okay. All right.
0: Well, anyway, John, I think you understand where we're coming from on this. And and it just seems to me like it's a situation where this entire political correctness thing has gone way too far and now it's hit something that's close to home for you and and you don't like it so you know i appreciate that you don't like it but i just wish you you guys would be more consistent that's all uh john
2: well, okay
0: uh, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> i'm out of time for you to respond but, but i'm sure we'll talk soon uh, congressman okay. john yarmouth always good to talk to you thanks so much for your time
2: thanks john good night leah sure
0: good night thank you, you. Thank you. all right hour, hour number two of the program coming up next on the free speech broadcasting network